We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, Benjamin Big Little. Yes, it's good to be here. And can I just say straight off the bat, Timmy, Yeah. it is so good to be in the studio today. I know it's a bit hard for you. It's a, it's a tough week. Yeah. Condolences. Yeah. I know I've, I, you, you wouldn't see this at home, but I've actually brought in some chicken soup uh, yeah. for Timmy. It's yeah, his it's, comfort food. It's, it's, it's such been... a rough week. Been one of those weeks, mate. But it's funny we've got the guy we've got on our show today. Come on, he's on the other side of the coin, and he's uh, he's doing better than me. Oh, um, our special guest this week. Let's let's talk about him. After making his debut for the Auckland Warriors back in 1998, our guest will go on to play 240 NRL games across a 15-year career with other clubs such as Panthers, Rabbitohs, the Mighty Eels, and the Sea Eagles. He will then be one of the most respected voices in the game. He won two premierships with the Panthers and the Seagulls, made a grand final with the Eels as well, no big Ooh. deal, as well as representing both Samoa and New Zealand at the international level. After his retirement in 2013, our guest would go on to work with the NRL as an ambassador, helping young players in the rugby league journey. He's gone to a few different clubs, and now he finds himself back at his spiritual home, the Penrith Panthers. Oh. Our guest this week is NRL player Joey Nullaval. Joey, thanks for joining us. Love the boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yes. Well, congratulations. Firstly, mate, what a uh, what a game for your club this weekend. Gee, they were good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, I, I didn't really do much. Just sit back and watch the boys uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> play. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm just riding on their, uh, their coattails uh, for the rest of, most of this week. So. Yeah, mate, I've got so many questions to pick your brain about that club and, and what makes them tick because yes. you obviously know better than most people. But just reading through your stats there, mate, like it's, it's a very successful career. You know, Two premierships at two different clubs. Um, obviously, you made a grand final as well at the Eels, but that's um, you know, that's a fair. And it says a lot about you as a player and as a leader. But you know, when you when you look back at your career, what, what goes through your mind? I guess you know, I always kind of tell a story when people ask, like you know, in 03 when he won the comp at Panthers, like you know, um, I was really emotional, obviously winning a comp. But you know, a lot of that emotion, you know, was me looking back at where I come from. You know, I'm just a kid from. You know, some were kid from South Auckland, you know, people probably didn't think I was going to amount to much and, you know, so yeah, wow. um, just amazing journey and, um, you know, the, you know, a lot of the belief that, you know, people had in me, you know, especially family and, you know, my, a lot of my close friends. So, um, yeah, it's definitely um, humbling to know, you know, looking back at, you know, what I've been able to achieve and, you know, the people that got me there. So, yeah, no, it's definitely um, a blessing. You seem, you seem to really value... Um, gratefulness and just to have that presence of mind to stop and um, be grateful. Is that something that you've, you've always, you've always done? Or is that a characteristic you've always had? Yeah, I think it's something that's, you know, kind of helped me throughout my career and, um, you know, probably, you know, I've had some adversity to overcome in my younger life. You know, I lost my mum when I was seven and, um, you know, being able to kind of, um, you know, look back at what I've been able to achieve and be grateful for, you know, every milestone and, that I've had without her, you know, and having my family, you know, on, uh, there alongside me, you know, definitely been a tool to kind of, uh, you know, help me be present, and help me, you know, uh, be genuine, authentic in the moment, and uh, but more importantly, be a how I interact with um, those around me. So yeah, no, definitely something that uh, that I've used throughout my career and just journey in my life. 
Yeah. Mate, looking back at your career, is there something that you're you're more proud of or something that makes you most proud? Um, I guess for me, it's obviously the accolades so that, you know, and, you know, the personal milestones. But for me, it's, um, I've always been a big believer in, you know, um, you know, in the little things. And that's, for me, it's the relationships that you build, you know, and I like to think that every club that I've been with and every interaction that I've had with, you know, for me, I would rather people, you know, when they think of me, they could just, you know, not so much about the, the accolades and the, the things that I want, but just, yeah, hey, like Joe's a, he's a pretty decent dude, you know, and, um, you know, I like to think that, um, you know, a lot of that's from my upbringing and, you know, a lot of the values that my family have kind of instilled in me to be uh, a really good person and, um, I think that's what I'm probably most proud of, and being able to obviously pass that on to uh, my kids, and you know, and hopefully that's yeah. something that they can, you know, the trait that they can have with their life, because that's a lot of that transcends sport, transcends the field, and you know, goes into every area of life. So. That's so cool, man. That's, that's awesome. I still remember me being a youngster coming through the grades as well, and um, you know, you took me under under your wing, and for for a young Christian coming through. Um, the grades as well. Obviously, you know, there's professional sport, anything that comes with it. But you, you made it so much easier for me to like have my faith and and be um, be proud of it throughout my career as well. And I was really grateful that I was able to have someone like you in my first year. Um, you know, you, we have a lot, a lot of people in our show come on the show. We've got a lot of current players, a lot of uh, retired players, recently retired, more retired. Is there? And the one thing with the retired players that we talk about is the transition. Of, you know, some people struggle with it. Some people find it okay. Some people are happy to get away from the game. Some people, you know, struggle to get away from the game. Your last year, you had that Achilles problem as well. What was the transition like for you getting out of the game? Um, well, I guess before I answer that, you know, go back to your point in regards to, you know, me under your wing. Mate, you were, you were man, like, pummeling me in the... And then all the wrestling and like yeah, and like all the tackling and stuff like you were the worst person. I was going anytime they paired me with them, I was going please don't pair me with to me, man. Like, hey, <laughs> wrestle me to the wrestle me to the ground. But um, oh, <laughs> um the, but yeah. the, the test match guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, yeah, to you, yeah, about well, I guess you know, to your question, to answer your question about the transition, I, I kind of um, I you know, I, I guess like. I had a pretty good transition, and I guess that a lot of the um, probably the reason why it's a lot of lead up work that I did and preparing for it. And um, um, you know, that being said, you know, I like though I prepared for it. Like you know, you still you know I I played footy straight out of school. So you know, in terms of going to the workforce, like it was really really fun. You know, like my football my my job as a rugby league that was my first job, and so to go to work in the NRL, like that was my second job. So yeah. You know, that was scary in itself, but, um, you know, a lot of the lead-up work that I did to prepare for it psychologically, um, you know, obviously getting upskilled and getting educated, um, a lot of that helped. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I personally, you know, um, had a pretty good transition. Uh, but uh, well, what I do say to guys that, you know, we ran fun transition programs with ex-players, and what I say to them is, like, I wasn't until, like, three years post Know, retirement it was actually the very the first time I kind of found my feet you know and it, it does take time um, you know you just got to be patient with yourself and um, which I kind of did and you know not be too serious in regards to you know like things that you know will come up so yeah, yeah. 
You um you mentioned doing some lead up work just to really help you with upskilling in the in your transition. Was there any key support people? You say your family was really good. Was there any uh, mentors or coaches that really helped equip you for this this new season? I think at the time, um, our wellbeing education department did a really you know it's a really great work. You know, uh, Paul Evans saw in the team there, and um, you know a really uh, great support and to lean on and. You know, a lot of the work that they've done to help prepare um, for players. And I, I don't think that transi- I think that transition space at the time wasn't probably as prominent as it is now. But, you know, I'm really grateful for um, him, like retirees. I had, you know, guys like Andrew Ryan, you know, Nigel Bongana, you know, those guys who, who retired and were working in that space. So I kind of lent on heavily on them for support. Um, but I think, you know, the game... Um, you know, like I said, it's heaps better than it was back then. But like, there's lots of you know opportunities for um, like, like players like myself at the time to be supported and the resources available to players. Um, How have you found? Um, you, you mentioned you're you're a Christian. How have you found um, having that anchor in your life of of your faith to help with with, with your career and and with with your post career as well? Yeah. It's, definitely been, you know, a definite anchor um, to me as, you know, like, you know, rugby yeah. league, you know, in sport in general, so it's a roller coaster. so for mm, me, yeah. um, you know, man, I had plenty of tributes riding that roller coaster, being in the highs and being in the lows, and um, lucky for me, I kind of learned early to, you know, get off that roller coaster and just find something to, you know, to anchor, but like something that was a, just, was a common ground for me, and, um, and for, lucky for me, it was my faith. Um, yeah. and, and obviously family as well. So, um, you know, once I got up the roller coaster, I understood, you know, the you know the value of, you know, what your faith can do, and not so much, not only your faith, but the community that comes with that. And I think, you know, your, my, my church community and um, people that are around me, my leaders, um, you know, really great um, sources of wisdom and advice to and. and kind of guide me in regards to, you know, what I was going through, what I was thinking and feeling at the time. And yeah. um, and just having that, like, I guess, that independent, you know, objective person there, you know, to, you know that wasn't involved in football to kind of give you, you know, a different perspective. Um, yeah, it definitely was um, something for me that really kind of um, um, not lose my mind when I was playing yeah. football. So. Now, now being on staff in a, in a club, um, how how do you see uh, your faith, um, you know, benefiting the relationships you have and what you put your hand to each day? And how have you seen um, God, in a way, mo- uh, move through you to, to help others? Um, I think... Um, I think, to me, we, we did a kind of an article, you know, we were at Parade together, I think. And, yeah. You know, a lot of, I think a lot of... I, think, well, I guess... The thing that came out of the article is about, you know, how, um, you know, the people that have gone before us, you know, they helped us be in the position that we were in. And, you know, again, the, um, you know, the Jason Stevens of the world, you know, those yeah, guys yeah. made Christianity okay. And I think, um, you know, for us, you know, and then having, you know, you've seen a lot of boys now, uh, you know, be proud of their faith, you know, having prayer circles for game and especially, I guess, the boys, um, at the Panthers, like, you know, and the club, I guess, and the game allowing them to be their authentic selves, um, you know, whether they have the faith or not. But, you know, I just think, you know, a lot of, you know, those guys that gone before us, 
and people understanding that you know everyone's got different views of life, but able to respect that. Mm. And then you know, having seen the players now, um, you know, again celebrate their Christianity or whatever faith they may be, whether Islam or whatever it is. Um, but I think you know, for me, I've, I've really it's been a real joy to see the boys not be ashamed of that. And I like mm. to think that you know, God, you know, through those that pioneered, you know, like the Jason Stevens Christianity, yeah, yeah, you know, but, uh, like you know, me, you to me, and then you know, others in the game as well. Like it's helped the boys, you know, not be ashamed, and like you can see that, and you know, again, a lot of the boys praying before and after games, and you know, then you know, on social media, you know, hashtags, that glory to God, all that type of stuff. Like it's, you know, just a real uh, something that's refreshing that you know, in the past it wasn't, you know, so. Yeah, and that's I think that's the key there because there was a time where everyone was too scared to talk about their faith because I knew if they said so, if they came out that everyone would have the spotlight on them and look for them to stuff up and you know, it puts a lot of pressure on themselves. So people were almost more willing to stay quiet than talk about their faith. And you're right, Steve-O and those kind of guys were they were the pioneers that came out and said, "No, I'm a Christian," and you know what, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm not perfect. And I think that was the key was explaining to people that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're a perfect person. And the boys now they've they've completely got a, you know, comfortable with with sharing their faith or talking about it or praying on the field because they know that you know, they're not getting judged for being a Christian because at the end of the day, they're just like anyone else. They're human. Um, but yeah, you're right. The Pioneers really gave us that opportunity to break that ice and, and to kind of feel more comfortable with our faith. Um, mate, you talk about Penrith and obviously um, you know, we, we got to witness them this, this week and it reminded me a lot of the 2003 run that you guys had, which was pretty special. Um, I still remember you and Tony, the, the Hair Bears. And what was that ride like at Penrith back in 2003? Like it was a, yeah, you guys kind of not came out of nowhere, but it was a it was a team that was um, you had a great season. But am I correct in saying the year before was a pretty poor year? Yeah, I think you know a lot of things went well, and you know um, we were actually just talking about this. You know, obviously in the lead up to this grand final, this week's grand final, but you know that team that was assembled by Royce Simmons. You know, I think um, you know a lot of things kind of came together, and um, you know, then had you know a lot of you know up and coming guys, and young guys like like myself, like me and Tony, and but then you had a lot of old heads as well. You had like Kristen come on board, and you know Luke Curtis, you know um, yeah, Marty Lang, and, and so there was a really good combination. You know, and then I think, you know, we probably, I think we lost the first three or four games, you know, of that year. But I think a lot of that was just finding our identity. I think once we kind of found, uh, I think it was a game against the Roosters, you know, that we won, we kind of, that's where we kind of found our feet and there was a bit of belief there and that kind of springboard us to the year that we had. Um, but it was definitely like a mismatch of, you know, different people. Um, but I think, you know, we had the ingredients there. We just kind of had to find our identity as a team. And I think, um, you know, that game in particular against the Roosters that we won, um, you know, it really gave us, you know, the confidence, you know, knowing that we beat, that we beat the, you know, the the current premiers and at the time. And yeah. kind of really, yeah, it gave us a platform to really be successful that year. Mate, one of my colleagues here at the station is uh, the one and only Scotty Sattler, who... We, we the, the the talk of that tackle comes up here every now and then. Um, he brings it up a fair bit. I'm sure he does. Well, mate, we've got to add here that it starts off with him talking about that tackle. I'm like, mate, come on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, he's a legend. Um, 
what was that feeling like when winning the, the the first grand final? Like you know, you were still young and you know early in your career. What was that? What did that feel like? Um, it was weird because when I was again discussions I've had with people over the, the year, uh, sorry, of the week, especially after this grand final. Like for me, I was, like as you mentioned, I was just still your kid. Like you know, yeah. I think I probably, um, you know, I probably did. I wish I appreciated it more. Like you know, um, I kind of mentioned earlier, like you know, I was able to look back in the journey. Um, but you know that week, you know, it just was just a blur, and um, yeah. you know, you know, you don't. I think, especially being young, you think, oh man, you're going to be in grand finals all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of that had to do with obviously maturity. Um, but but you know, that being said, being in the moment um, was such an um, like again surreal uh, feeling, and um, again, and understanding my past and my journey to that moment, like was you know was such a a fulfilling and satisfying, um, um, you know, time uh, in my rugby league career. So. Yeah, man, and I still remember you went to Seattle for a bit, but then you came to Parramatta, and mate, from from day one, you were just like you had this like professionalism about you that you know you were just a le- natural leader. You didn't you didn't have to be taught about leadership. Just everything you did, you kind of led with your actions. Um, and you know that that year we got us we got to a grand final, and you know it was a really special you know season. Your first one at the club. Uh, but if you fast forward a bit, you, you get to um, win another, another championship um, with the Seagulls. Is that right? Um, yeah. And I remember there was comparisons at the time because I remember Ray Lewis was uh, ending his career as well. But there was so many similarities because you were kind of that journeyman that like you you just been around for such a long time, and even so senior in your career, you know, it's like at a later stage of your career, you're still having success, and you were kind of that personality that kind of success followed wherever you went. What is it about you, and I guess, like, you know, I know you're going to play it down, but what is it about your personality that kind of was able to get success at so many different clubs? Um, I think, you know, just lead up, I guess, to answer the question. Like, like for me, a lot of, you know, when I came to power, then I went to Manly, like, I think, just my maturity, kind of, like, I was 30 when, like, late my late 20s, early 30s when I came to Paris, so I think, you know, I was a lot more mature, like, you know, emotionally, psychologically, and, um, and then when I went over to Manly, I was, you know, I was just real settled in who I was. Yeah. Um, but for me, I guess if there's, you know... Keeping know it humble as well at Manly, didn't you? You were <laughs> catching the ferry. Benny, he used to live in St. Mary's, this guy, and would catch the ferry and the bus and all that, the trains. That's a right. long commute. Yeah, man, to Manly. Yeah. You know, for me, I guess, you know, if there is a secret source to, you know, you know, to your question, you know, for me, like, I always tell the story when I was went to Manly, like, I was going to Manly, they were, they were a championship team, and for me, I was going, how am I going to, you know, add value to this team, you know, like, man, they, man, 14 of their 17, are all premiership winners, been in the club 10 years plus, and so I was always just thinking about how can I, um, you know, how can I add value? And for me, I was going, it's what I've done for every club that I've been part of, and that's be the best team player that I can be. Yeah, and, you know, for me, yeah, um, I'll, I'll try and run to the water bottles, you know, as tired as I was, you yeah. know, not to get the first drink, but to hand the bottles up to everyone else. And so little things like that, you know, do extras. Mm. Um, why? So, you know, my teammates can know that they can depend on me. And I think, you know, a lot of that, journeyman mentality, I guess, and being being grateful for every opportunity, I think that kind of played a big part of that as well. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, 
like, yeah, you know, and the success followed me, but I just try to be the best team player that I can be. Yeah. My, I, we actually have never talked about this, but uh, producer Tom, who puts together some notes for me, he's just, he's made a, he's made an, a comment which I completely forgot about, and we haven't chatted about it before, but Russell Crowe, can you tell our listeners a bit about that chat? So I remember what came out in the papers before he came to Parramatta that he told you you're better off retiring immediately and becoming a minister. Is that how the conversation went? Um, no, it's obviously a little bit exaggerated and sensationalised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, like obviously my faith was important to me, and um, yeah. you know, um, it was kind of sad that it was brought up. Like you know, and a lot of it really was. You know, the club were being honest that they were just trying to get rid of me. You yeah. Know, and, you know, like, I was, it was just, you know, for me, I thought it was just petty that, you know, man, people, they're using my Christianity or yeah, my yeah. commitments outside, outside of the game to, you know, hey, listen, you're not committed to club. And so for me, that was, um, you know, I, that's what I kind of was really upset about uh, because, you know, everyone else is doing things outside of it, you know, do, you know, like, why, why is my um, church stuff? you know, less important than, you know, what other guys are doing. Um, yeah. Well, so, no, yeah, so, like, for me at the time, like, especially at South, a lot of it was just contractual, you know, um, disagreements about things and, you know, and, um, as you know, to me, you know, when, when the clubs play hardball, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, so I was going to ask that question. How did you how did you cope? Like, how do you, like, there's obviously the the white elephant in the room is is the um the, the ruthless side of sports. So everyone talks about the you know we're looking talking about your grand finals and all the the glory and the fun and the the great lifestyle that sport is. But then there's this other side of sport where it can be really ruthless. And a journeyman like you going to a few different clubs would have obviously experienced a few different things. How do, how do you cope with that part of the sport where you know like you can where sport can be family at one stage but also can be ruthless and uh, quite um, heartless at times. How, how do you cope with that? Yes, uh, obviously lent a lot on my faith at that time, and mm. you know, and obviously a lot of you know people around me, because uh, again, your self belief in yourself, you know, a lot of doubts come into play. So making sure that people around you, the um, you know, probably the worst thing that I did um, around that period um, was you know listen to radio, read papers, you know, and like. Yeah, that really took um, a, a massive hit to my confidence uh, and belief in myself. But you know, you know, having people around me, like you know, my wife and my kids at the time, and um, you know, obviously a church family and and just good friends as well. Like you know, I try to listen. You know, try to you know, blare out the noise and listen to some real genuine voices. Um, but yeah, no, it is like you know, like as glamorous as football can be. Like there is a definitely you know, a dark side, you know, when it comes to contractual, you know, um, you know, issues of players and, you know, clubs, um, you know, as we've experienced, like, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's a business. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of players now are probably educated in that and that they treat it the same way. And so, you know, um, you know, it's probably um, something I, I learned through that period. And <laughs> yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah, you know, I was like, oh, if that's the case, you know, I should, you know, um, you know, like as much as I love loyalty, and you know, I've you know I've got a family to to look after, and you know, so it's, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a learning curve for me. And but it's, yeah, it's, I totally agree in regards to yeah, it's a definitely part of of footy that's not not good for players. 
kids when they go through it. Is there um like your new role now for the listeners listening at home? Are you doing stuff in the? Is it the well-being and welfare role? Is that what you're working in? Yep. Yeah, so I'm in the well-being education space. Yeah. Um, I work primarily with our um, with our pathways, but yet these and I work with obviously I was at the Tigers and you know, worked with the NRL squads. And uh, when I was the NRL, um, we did a lot of these small group discussions and did a lot of crossover programs with well-being education. So I work also in the transition space. So a lot of these conversations that we've had over the years. And um, I think it's been really, really great because it's been able to kind of give voice to, um, you know, I guess a lot of those conflicts and, and then a lot of players that have gone through it, they've been able to kind of lean on each other and support each other through it, you know. And, um, you know, I remember I, was, I saw a player going through something, you know, I reached out straight away and I said, hey, listen, hope you're all right. And, you know, where sometimes you just kind of feel isolated or you feel like you're going through it alone. But... You know, having yeah. that community of players knowing that what you're going through uh, really, really helps. Mm. Now, mate, can we just can we just talk about this incredible team you're a part of at the moment? Back to back champions. <laughs> um, am I right in saying best Penrith team in history? Oh, that's controversial because by far, by far. <laughs> <laughs> easy. <laughs> um, potentially, um, what what is it that makes this this group so special? And uh, do you think they've got a few more in them? I definitely believe they've got a few more in them. Um, whether they, you know, but I guess the hardest they bring up this current team is, man, how you keep this thing together. Because, like, obviously, you know, salary cap, you know, values of players going up. Mm. Like, you know, so like that's probably, you know, the only issue really with this current team. Um, but, you know, these, this team is definitely, like, the best current team. Like, the ones... They played the three grand finals, you know, um, you know, in a row, one, two, gone back to back, potential, you know, three peak next year, yeah. you know, like what what I and I got I guess I got a unique vantage point in that you know I've come to the club and I've, I'm I have that kind of you know objective view of what's going on in house and for me um, I chase it back to my son's in the system. Um, he's in the mats. He was in the mats this year, yeah. um, so he's mm. been in some development squads. But I remember in 2018, um, I went to and I was I was just I just attended this um, junior representative, the Panthers junior representative um, awards in 2018. And I remember sitting there and Matt Cameron um, at the time was the general manager now of the CEO of rugby league. He was projecting, hey, listen, this is where we're going to be in. 2020, 2022, there's spots here for you, you know, and for me, it just it blew my mind, like, that, you know, the difference between 03 and this year's, I think, Penrith as a club, is that these guys are projecting success, where yeah. in 03, we, we were, it was kind of like a fluke, you know, yeah. you know, where... You got anything what's in front of you, you weren't thinking 10 years in the, down the track, you're just looking at tomorrow, or today. Nah, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Matty Cameron, uh, to me, you know, like, you know, Camo, Camo, obviously, got a teaching background, but, you know, he, he's obviously, because he's got a development background as well, like, you know, he's been an integral part, obviously, alongside Ivan, in regards to this long-term success and sustainable success. And so, for me, you know, I looked at that, that was 2018. Bear in mind, 2018, the SG Ball had won the competition. So, who was in that team in 2018? Stephen Crichton, Matt Burden, Charlie Staines, you know, wow. Spencer Lanou played, I think, SG Ball before. And then, you know, so 
And I think that year too, I think either 2018, 2017, um, what, um, Dave Ferry just made his debut. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know, like it was like you could just, like for me at that vantage point, seeing it from there, like you could see that they've been building to this. Yeah. And then, you know, like it's, and but then you add, um, you know, I'm a big believer too. Like I, I, I look at things from an organisational behaviour point of view. Yeah. And, you know, a, a club is just a reflection of who their leaders are. And then, you know, we mentioned Matt Cameron, but, you know, Ivan Clary, who he is, who he is as a coach, uh, the team is just an extension of who he is. Mm. And, you know, um, you know, the way he loves his players, the way, you know, and obviously the physical and the technical aspect of rugby league, they, they've got great systems in place. But, um, I'm, like I said, I've got a unique vantage point where I've just come into the athlete well-being space. You know, the difference that I see, everyone's doing the same physically and technically. It's just, it's the teams that do the psychological and the emotional well. That's yeah. the difference. And you can't, and the Storm have modeled that for us. You know, how many how many players have gone there so many, you know, throughout the years, like basically nobodies, and then you know, Craig Bellamy's turned them into world beaten, you know, yeah. to world-class rugby league athletes, Nick Meany being one of them. And so, you know, and then, you know, think about any team that, you know, um, Wayne Bennett coaches, you know, the, um, you know, people, you can't, there's a massive correlation. I know, I, I, know I like to think that I've got a unique say in this because I've been in the game 20 years plus. Yeah, you'd know. I've been part of successful teams. And, but that's, you know, again, the advantage point I have coming into the club, like just the culture there, the club, how connected they are, um, you know, the culturally and psychologically safe environment that they've created there, you know, again, the return on that the players give back to the club, it's, yeah, that's what makes the club, so. That's so good, yeah, you're spot on. I I spoke to Camo after the game, and, um, you know, for a CEO to be so clued up into what they, why they have success, you know, I think that's where some clubs really struggle. They, they, sometimes they go well, and they don't know why they're going well, and they go bad, and they don't know why they've gone bad. I just love that Camo can just nail it and know exactly why they're success, um, having success. Um, mate, just quickly, you, yeah. you touched on Judah. How's Judah and Praise? What's the latest with them? Is Judah, so he's, is he SG Ball next year? Yeah, so he'll be, he'll be, be with Ball next year. So he turns 18, so he's got like two years. Oh, wow. Before, so yeah. Like, yeah, so he's like, you know, he's got a great opportunity there and he just got his piece today. So, uh, oh, so, so, so yeah, the man. Uh, so if you see uh, doing happy laps down, down uh, the road, that's not me. He's, uh, you know, all the cops, all do, the cops. Doing happy laps on my door uh, road. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. And, yeah, and the princess, you know, she's, uh, she's doing really well. And, you know, she's just, you know, man, she's an adult now. So I'm trying to get my, my, my head around that. So. Oh, man. I might have to talk to you in about uh, 14 years when my, when my daughter's at that age. Yeah. I'm very nervous. Mate, um, nah, yeah, let's get together. <laughs> yeah. But we're um we're yeah we're, we're out of time. I just wanted for one, thank you so much for joining the show, mate. We um I admire you so much, not just for what you did on the field, but more the person you are, the leader you are, and you know, the influence you've had on, my, on me personally has been enormous. I'm so grateful um, that I was able to you know play alongside you and get to know you. But I also love the, the space you're in at the moment. Since you retired, you've you've naturally transitioned to a space where you know because of your experience. You touched on it before, but because of your experience at so many different clubs. You know what it takes to succeed, but you also know what it takes for a person to grow and to become the, the man that they want to become. Um, so, mate, I'm so grateful that you're still involved in the game and having an influence on so many young people. I, I for one, admire you. I know um, there's so many people in the community that are 
that loves what you did on the field. But like I said, it's what you did off the field and what you do off the field now that is so special, mate. So thanks again for your time. And we can't wait to see yes. you uh, more involved in the game. Thanks, Timmy. Man, maybe uh, tear up there. I might uh, <laughs> make, sure to, make sure to send a check to you later. Uh, thanks, mate. I'll send you my invoice <laughs> later on. <laughs> thanks, Heath, Joey. Really appreciate it, brother. Have a great week. Cheers, boys. Thank you. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.